Welcome back to another episode of the Burning Leaf Podcast. I am joined by Russo and Tom here. Joe is uh, on the player assistance program for today, but he will join us after this uh, long series ahead of us with the Maple Leafs and a long season for the Calgary Flames, ending with with big news. And uh, we'll get to that first, but we'll get to me and Tom's first uh, reaction because I think Russo deserves to go a bit longer than us uh, talking about the subject of the Calgary Flames and their disastrous season, I guess you would call it. So, Tom, you go first with the Calgary Flames. What are your thoughts on what happened and what transpired with them this year? Oh, throughout the whole year? Yeah, or just okay. the news that okay. came up. Okay. Well, like, the whole year was disappointing, right? I think if you get a save here, a save there, maybe you're in the playoffs and you're playing Vegas, and who knows? Vegas just lost game one. Who knows? Uh, but you had a two-year window to win, and normally that means Hey, maybe you'll go deep in one year and win it the next. You don't even make the playoffs. Your GM does everything in his power to put together a team who he thinks can win after things went so south for him in the summer, right? We talked about this, the summer of Brad. There was two summers, summer of Brad, summer of Pierre. Neither of them really worked out. Uh, And... I mean, like, hey, we were all high enough on the Calgary Flames. Like, we all thought after a month, oh, it would take some time to gel. Okay, give it an extra week. It'll take more time to gel. Give it an extra week. And then it just ran into Christmas and New Year's and the trade deadline, and it never gelled. And we're sitting here, and they missed the playoffs, and I had a chance to make it, and you lose to Chicago, which you can't do, which Russo, they dropped every point to Chicago this year, right? Yeah, they got swept. Yeah, like, you... There you go. That's your playoffs. Like we talked about the Leafs last year. Like, hey, just beat Arizona and you finish first and you don't have to fucking play Tampa. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're the Flames, don't get swept by Chicago. Go 500 and you're in the playoffs instead. And sure, they had 875 goaltending or whatever the fuck it was. It was awful. It was bad. It was really bad. Uh, But just all year that was stale and it kind of led up to well, Brad kind of being fired slash let go. Uh, he made the decision to leave. Ownership gave him. <laughs> it would mutual. Offered him, uh, ownership offered him multiple contracts is what uh, was reported. And Tree Loving turned them down. Damn. Right. And then that was in conjunction with Sutter. Yeah, they offered from Sutter what had was to reported. Go. Well, from what was reported, Tree Living was offered a contract the same time Sutter was at the beginning of the year. Sutter accepted. Tree Living said, I'll wait. And apparently they were in conversations all year that they didn't want him to go. And, you know, but. Which, like, also, too, from a kind of team perspective, it's a little weird timing for your GM to turn over. Because, like, you normally look at a GM, they have a five to ten year window to build up what they have in their mind. And really, this is like, really, it's year one of what he had in mind. Year two. Tom, he, like, Tom, Tom, he's been here no, for no, no, nine years. I know, I know, I know, I know. And they got no success. No success. But the Kadri Huberto thing, like, that was less than a year ago. Yeah, but you also have to 
keep in mind that he didn't plan for that, for any of that. No, his plan last offseason was sign Gaudreau, sign Kachuk, right? When Gaudreau walked, he panicked and signed fucking Kevin Rooney to a two year, $1.3 million deal. And then when the word was when the Kachuk thing happened, they had the option to rebuild and they said no. And that was Trey Living's call. And he went the other way with the Hubert Uyghur thing. Look, he threw all of that together just because he was, try- he was trying to keep them competitive, which you could understand, but he just fucked their window. <laughs> yeah. he, fucked, he fucked their entire next eight, nine years because now what do you do with the Hubert Uyghur cadre contracts? You can't move them. No. Maybe Uyghur. You can move Uyghur. But like, like you, he totally fucked them cap wise. And that's on him. Yeah. Yeah. That is like, it's weird. And, uh, like, your GM is the big, and like, we're talking over here, like, Lee fans, like, our GM is going to be the biggest story of the offseason, too. Uh, but, like, that's normally not the case. And, well, like, what was it, too? Uh, at the end of the year, like, he wanted to, or he could have come back if it meant that Sutter was gone. Correct? Probably. That's true news? Yeah. Probably. Which, what does that mean? We know ownership brought in Sutter. We know that that yeah. wasn't Brad's choice. I mean, Sarah Sutter's probably gone. I Man, so. and you... I like, think regardless serious, yeah. of what you think of Brad, you can't uh, pick one over the other because one's going to stay and one's going to go. Yeah, I agree. And then you come out of this and both are gone. Yeah, I, I, that's what it should be. My opinion, but... Like, both should be gone. Yeah. Both should be gone. But it's a weird optics of we picked Sutter over Brad or we picked Brad, but he didn't want to because of Sutter and now both are gone? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think it was a matter of them picking or choosing. I just think Brad said he didn't want to work with Daryl anymore. I think I think it was that ownership is a mess. Mm-hmm. I just think ownership's your biggest Br- problem. Well, yeah, Murray Edwards Murray Edwards is a fucking idiot, but <laughs> yeah, like I just think he didn't want to be involved anymore, and that's fine. But I know I, I've got to let Thomas go here, but I personally think this is for the best that Traylon is gone. You guys know my thoughts on him. He never yeah. did in his nine years here. What do you guys? What do you guys believe was his most notable move or action as a GM? Oh well, it Genuinely. has to be the it has to be the Kachuk for Hubert and Weir. Okay, <laughs> Thomas, what do you think? Like in terms of signing or trading, just anything. What was the most notable thing he did as a gen- as a general manager in his nine years in Calgary? I would probably say the Markstrom signing. Like that was massive. You know what I think it yeah. is. He, you know what I think he's going to go down as remembered for in Calgary. He's going to be remembered as the general manager who lost two one hundred point homegrown wow. superstars in a week span of each other. That's what he's going to be remembered for. That's the most notable thing he did as a GM because it's never happened in NHL history mm. where you've lost two homegrown 100-point players in, in a week of each other. That's what he's going to go down as down as remembered for. Yeah, when you put it like that, it's, uh, yeah. it's pretty notable. <laughs> yeah, because I've uh, seen like, like, oh, yeah, what, what a save. And he got Huberto for Kachuk and whatever. No, when you put it like that, that's kind of bad. 
Oh, at the time, but, we were like, I was pumped. Like, yeah, you were. Huh? Yeah, no one, no one well thought Huberto was gonna fall off the face of the earth like he did. Dude, even if he has an eighty-five point year, no one's complaining. No, yeah. like I wouldn't have been. But yeah, Thomas, what are your what are your initial thoughts on? All yeah, this? just as, as a like an outsider, obviously, I'm not the Flames fan here. I watch a couple Flames games because I had a couple Flames guys in fantasy, but. That's not the point. Like, I think I jinxed them right off the bat with picking Jacob Markstrom as my Vezina winner. So yeah, sorry about thanks. that, Flames fans. <laughs> um, that was a terrible decision by myself. I cashed out immediately. Um, <laughs> but also things like I watched Hubert all year, Russo. We texted back and forth in our group chats in person. I just didn't see it from him this year. Like, it, he did that spinorama shit on the power play. All the time. Jonathan, shoot the puck, shoot the puck. That's all I would see on Twitter. Like, he has a good shot. He scored 30 goals last year. Like, why yeah. not shoot the puck? He tried to make forced passes all year. It wasn't just a stretch of games. It was all year on that power play. And I just think if you have a bounce back year from him next year, you know, you get a couple points here and there against crap teams, you're probably knocking on the door in the playoffs. But, like, again, it's so down as of right now as a Flames fan and a person that watches the Flames every day like yourself, Russo. Like, it's, it's a down moment right now. I, I don't think, like... Anyone could come to grips with themselves and say, wow, I think this team might actually push for the playoffs next year just because of things that unfolded. And yeah, it sucks for Trail Living to go. They could just, it's like, if you say that right now, you look like an idiot, right? Like, obviously, with things all already down. Well, here's the thing, right? Like, we we talk about how miserable of a season this was, right? Mm -hmm. They got no goaltending. Huberto was uh, a ghost. Kadri was a ghost uh, yeah. Christmas and on like they they're, we talk about the goaltending like all this crap and they missed by two points. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you yeah. win three overtime games. You win. You take two of three from Chicago. You don't get swept by Montreal. You take a game against Philly. You don't get swept by the wings. You're in the playoffs because yeah. Winnipeg was a uh, they. Didn't want they it. fell off a cliff. Like they didn't mm-hmm. want it. So, like we talk about how miserable the year it is, but they missed by two points. Yeah, you man. get and like, you bring you get league average goaltending next year. Huberto, you hope you have some positive regression from a guy like Huberto. You hope Kadri gets a little bit better. You're you're probably going to get some negative regression from Toffoli, which is fine. You know, maybe it, that'll Holmes balance out by like goals. yeah, like Pani, who had a it, exactly who mm, had a tough year. Yeah, you know. So like I just think they could get in next year as a matter of like how or like they're gonna need certain guys to step up obviously or or depending on the direction the new GM takes because if the new yeah. GM goes for that new we have seven years of Kadri and Huberto let's yeah. let's have a tough two years and then see what we can do in the back half if that happens obviously like they're not making it but just based off of pure progression back to the mean like they'll make it they'll make it next year all things considered like stand pat they'll make it thomas okay so you want to throw to russo next or like yeah. you want to do your thing because like, i want to ask a question to you first russo like yeah go for it realistic plan and your hopeful plan for the flames next year as a whole like is a rebuild is it try and get this shit together or what, what do you think realistically it's going to be get get back to the playoffs that's what they're there's no chance ownership is going to let them tear everything down there's no way that happens but i would just i don't care who the gm is that comes in just give me a fucking plan 
tell us what your five-year plan looks like because I think the big problem with Brad is like it was just year to year. It was okay. Mm. We're going to do this in year one, this in year two, this in year three. It's like there was no long-term security for like what they were going to do. It was never like, hey, we're going to suck for a few years and mm. we're going to get better and we're going to build. Like, like I know Ottawa's plan really hasn't gone the way they've wanted it to, but Pierre Dorian came out and said, hey, like we're going to suck. And we're gonna we're gonna draft and we're gonna get better and then we're gonna we're gonna get better and we're gonna get there one day. And like given he said the rebuild's over, it's not over, but like you can see Ottawa made some steps this year, right? They didn't make the playoffs, but they made some steps. Mm-hmm. Go back to as far as when Shanny took over in Toronto. Like he said there's gonna be pain and we're we're tearing this down. And look, I know they haven't won a playoff round, but the Leafs are always consistently a top five team in the league. There was a plan. Right. Give me someone who's going to lay something out for us and make, hey, this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to do it. Get me on board with something rather than this whole year to year bullshit. Because, look, going into last year, the 21 22 year, it's like nobody thought the Flames were going to be any good. It just so happened that Gaudreau, Lindholm, and Kachuk decided they were going to play the best hockey of their careers. Mark Sherman's going to have the best year of his career. And, oh, look at that. You're a first-place team, right? There was no there was no plan for that. They were hoping they'd just get in by the skin of their teeth. There was no chance that I even think Tree Living thought they were going to win 50 games. Hmm. So it's more or less like whether – like I don't know who the GM is. People are saying it's probably going to be Craig Conroy, which, I mean, he's been Tree Living's right-hand man forever. So how so much it's actually an internal exactly. thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like and how much actually yeah. changes if Conroy takes over? Hey, right. maybe he has some ideas that was never given the go ahead. I don't know, but I mean, if Eric Tolsky out of Carolina becomes available, where there's already been reports that Pittsburgh's like snooping around there, what if Kyle Dubas doesn't re up in Toronto? What are the odds you can we'll, land a guy like him? We'll we'll get to Dubas at some point, but he's yeah, like. He's doing something not in hockey next year. I guess we'll see. I mean, I don't know about that. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, if, if Dubis, like, if the Leafs don't re up Dubis, like, if you can offer him a substantial deal to come and be the GM, look, I don't think him and Sutter would see eye to eye at all. But that, at the end of the day, but at I the end wish, of the day, Dubis I is wish, your boss. I wish I could see that. Like, the yeah. blueprint or the, oh my God, imagine like a, the Amazon documentary the Leafs did, but the coach was Sutter, not Keith. Oh, it'd be great. I want a, I want a documentary with Sutter, and it. it'd be fucking hilarious. Uh, no, but like at the end of the day, like he's your boss, and you would have to kind of abide by him. But like, I don't know if you guys saw any of the presser on Monday. Unfortunately, it didn't inspire much hope, and I think in any of us because Don Maloney was in shambles, just talking about how oh, I want a tree back. This, this, this and that. Look, I said it. I think this is the right move. Tree was here for nine years and didn't push the needle forward in any kind of aspect to get them over the hump, right? What like what does Brad have to show for his nine years here? Two round one wins? If two wins in round two, like yeah, hey, play and win in August. At that. <laughs> yeah, like you have a couple division titles and you have a lot of bad contracts to show for it. Like I think people forget that like he signed James Neal. He signed Troy Brower. 
He signed Michael Stone for 87 years because he felt like it. <laughs> he traded for Milan Lucic. Like he did a lot of poor things when it came to asset management. He never executed on any of those trades that we ever talked about, like Mark Stone, like Jack Eichel, like Jason Zucker way back when. Like never executed on any of those. And until the last year of the Goudreau Kachuk contracts, then he decided, okay, I'll go get to Foley for you guys. I'll go get Yark Croak. And Yark Croak scored one goal. You know, like he never helped them in any way other than. You know, like, and people are like, "Well, he drafted well." Not really. I mean, people say he drafted well. He okay. Like, the I'm not gonna draft lie. record was like kind of mediocre. Yeah, it, exactly. Like, he's found some guys. Like his 2015 draft, without having a first, he walked away with Rasmus Anderson, Andrew Mangiapane, and Oliver Shillington, along with Dougie Hamilton, who he had traded for that day. Good draft. You walked away with a top pairing defenseman, two top fours of the future, and a top six forward of the future. 2016 could have been a fantastic draft if Matthew Kachuk didn't get traded, if Adam Fox wanted to play in Calgary. Dylan Dubé ended up being a pretty decent pick in the second round. But like his 2018 draft, horrible. 2020 draft, like we'll see what they have Connor Zary, and I think he's going to be an NHL player. But like other than that, 2019, you got Pelche and Wolf. But like there's some, but. There were guys like I remember last year. Like I wanted them to take Logan Stankoven, or two years ago, whenever the draft was. I really wanted them to take Stankoven, and they took William Stronggren, who's not going to be an NHL player. Like there were players that we wanted them to take, and they didn't do it. And then the other argument people make is, well, he always got good deals out out of his RFAs, but in how much did that cost you? If he didn't play hardball with Goudreau back in 2016. If he had just offered him a little bit more money, then you possibly could have signed him to an eight-year deal as opposed to the six. If you had not, and then you go back to 2019, if you had not, you know, if you were just, if you had just moved Michael Froelich, which you had done later that season, Matthew Kachuk is signed for eight years. And you're not in this. Disray, like, okay, let's say Goudreau, I know we're getting a little off track, but let's say Goudreau was signed from eight years in 2016 and you got Kachuk done in 2019 to an eight-year deal. That summer last year never happens. Mm-hmm. Goudreau's still here, Kachuk is still here. And you still have another two years to run that window of the Goudreau-Kachuk era. Kachuk's locked up, Goudreau's here, but even if Brad hadn't fumbled the bag in 2021 with Goudreau, we know he offered Johnny Gaudreau a contract, but it was a piss poor offer. And apparently he lowballed the shit out of him and that pissed off Johnny. And Johnny said, no, I'm not even going to talk contract anymore because if this is what you think of me, then I'm not signing it. Because Gaudreau's parents were on a podcast and they talked about how if they had just offered him a fair deal, he would have signed. And none of this happens. Because I remember we talked about it in 2021. There was like reports that they were gonna they were gonna talk contract and it was looking good and then all of a sudden it just went silent mm. and you know why because they offered him a fucking awful contract if they had signed like because remember what was the offer ten and a half by eight that was the last offer to Johnny they could have got him done in twenty twenty one for nine million bucks maybe even mm. eight million bucks you would have saved money and you would have had Johnny. And what's he at right now? Nine point five. 
9.7, which even still I think is a good deal. For and him. that's on the open market too. That's on the, yeah. Like, so to me, like he, like he did so many things wrong here and look, I think he did some good things. Don't get me wrong. Like the summer of Brad was great. Like, well, like it was wild and it was fun. And given we lost our two best players of the last decade, but like, it was fun, but it was never, that was never going to be. Unfortunately, when you do shit like that, it's never going to work. You can't build your team through trades. You can't build it through free agency. No. And how many drafted players did the flames have on their roster this year? I think three or four, like through their entirety of the year. Uh, Backlund, yeah, yeah. Manjapani, Anderson. Anderson. Who else? Pelche, if you want to count him. Pelche, I mean, yeah. You, the list is not Dubé. very long. No, like I'm just trying to like, like Dubé, that's five. It's not, very, it's not very long. No, like they didn't have like, none, like, and given, is that Sutter also being stubborn and not playing the kids? Sure. For a hundred percent, like Pelche sat the last, I think, ten games of the season. Yeah, that was stupid. Um, they never, like, they now obviously they didn't give Coronado a chance until the last game of the year. Uh, math, there was the whole Matthew Phillips thing where like he's ripping up the AHL, but he wasn't really given a substantial chance. Adam Rizicka didn't play for like the last month. Man, you know, like if they let like, Dustin Wolf in a week earlier, you're in the playoffs. Like crazy, think about that. Yes. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll obviously see. I don't know who's going to be the GM. They're looking for a GM. It's not going to be Don Maloney. They're they're actively pursuing a GM. I don't know who it's going to be, but I mean, like we'll see. And I just kind of we talked about it. Like at least the way how the season went wrong is just. It, I talked about it a million times. It was their top players weren't their top players. Goaltending was was way 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 not good enough just so bad all season and like i i genuinely have no idea what you do in terms of some of the guys like whoever comes in has to seriously look at those six or seven ufas next summer and you have to look at every single one of them and determine what the fuck you're gonna do mm-hmm. uh lindholm and backlands uh, end of season press conferences seem like both of them want to go. Like back when, like Lindholm just said, "We'll see." He never gave really any insight. But like Backlund, half this team wants to go. Backlund, Backlund said he's thirty four and he wants to win a cup. Toffoli said he'd love to sign, and so did Hannafin, and so did Tanev. But and then Zadorov said he'd love to be in Calgary for the rest of his career. Had a good year. So yeah, put yeah, up yeah Zadorov had a fourteen goal year. He was on. He had a great season. Um, you know, and I don't know if it's a case of everybody wants to go, right? right but right. there's certainly like for for Backlund's sake, if he wants to go win a cup, like he's 34. Yeah, you let him go do that. Like you, like if I was him, I'd be a little pissed off I wasn't named captain because he should have been. Um, uh, at least at the beginning of this year, he should have been. Lindholm, I mean, if you look, if you go to Lindholm this offseason, you say, hey, do you want to be around long term? And his answer is, I don't know, maybe you start looking at trades because you can get a big haul, I think, for Lindholm. You know, that's a really good 2C on a cup contender. Especially a and, year out. And his contract is 
fantastic. It's only four point yes. eight million bucks. Yep. So like you can get a huge haul for him. Yep. You gotta look at every single one of those UFAs and you gotta even like you gotta figure out what's happening with Oliver Shillington as well. Like, is he coming back? Like, if he's coming back, you can move Zadora or Hannafin, right? Because Shillington makes significantly less than both of them. And you just got to figure out, like, hey, are you coming back? Are you going to be playing hockey? Or we got to figure it out? Because, like, they obviously didn't know until training camp he wasn't coming. And I don't think any of them thought it was going to be an all-year thing. Like, I don't even think Trilo thought he was going to be gone for the whole year. I think they were anticipating by middle of training camp he'd be back. But he didn't show up at all. So, like, I don't know. You, you've really just got to look at everything and, and determine, okay, like, if we can move Lynn home, like, if the rumored spot was Carolina at the deadline, can you get me? Can <laughs> oh you get God, me? Really? A, can you get me a Seth Jarvis? Even if it's Toffoli, like, I know Toffoli said he wants to be back, but like, just at seventy three points, man, that's a guy you can really sell high on. They could sell high on a lot of players yeah. right yeah, now. Yeah, I really think they can. Like, and like, I think again, if it's Let's say it's Carolina. Throw me Seth Jarvis, and we'll talk. Man. Like I, I wonder how. Man. I wonder how. Like that'd be a great piece to add. Young right winger can skate. Adds a lot. Like I don't know. It's just we'll we'll end up seeing where it goes. They wouldn't um, include him from Meyer, so I don't. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. But we also don't know how. Totally in on Timo Meyer, they were. Man, they were in could, on it, but I don't know if they were in on it. I could I mean, actually see, and I think you'll hate me for this. I could see the Flames selling at the deadline hard, and yeah. still making the playoffs. They can pull a Nashville. Nashville sold, and they exactly. were a few points out. Right? Exactly. The young guys, but it's also because UC Saros was standing in like <laughs> God <almost>. mode. If <laughs> and, if and maybe, maybe that's Dustin Wolf. Yeah, or Dustin Wolf or yeah. whatever. Like, I think they could be like a wild card team, and then you just go, you know what, dude? I think they can get into a division spot next year if and the if, if they keep weak, this, man. If they keep the, I wouldn't say it's weak because Edmonton's really good, Vegas is really good, LA is obviously pretty good, but like I don't know. I think you can just look at it as if any of the guys start getting their shit together, and if goaltending is as good as it can be, then yeah, like they can get in a hundred percent, but. I think whoever the GM has to come in and think big picture and long term and like, hey, if we make the playoffs, this is good for us. Because like, imagine if they had just tore it down this year, and you have a chance for Bedard, that totally changes the complexion of a team. Even if you get Fantilli, Mitchkov, Leo Carlson, it's a massive boon to an organization that's never really had a the highest they've ever picked is four, right? And even on the four, even on their slam dunk pick, they missed with Sam Bennett. Right. Uh, just before we move on, because there are some things we have to talk about, I do just wanted to touch on the Matt Coronado and Dustin Wolf debuts because uh, their last game of the season, they both did play. Wolf, I thought, looked great. And I'm very excited to see him in the AHL call the cup run because uh, Stock, uh, Stock, not Stockton, the Wranglers are very, very good. Uh, whoever the GM, I don't care who it is, a spot needs to be opened up for Dustin Wolf. Has to be. He's. We talked about it. I think a couple weeks ago. He's too good for the AHL. Um, and Matt Coronado, I thought, had a really strong first game. I know it's against San Jose for both of the guys, but um, I think Coronado is going to bring a lot next year. Like he's an NHL player next year, I think. Um, and him and Pelche, they had some good chemistry very quickly in that first game they played together. And I think if you can throw 
those two get together next year, I think they're it'll I think they'll have some fun. So play the kids. Let the kids ride next year. Pelche, Coronado, if if Phillips wants to come back, you know, Connor Zary, Dustin Wolf, let the kids ride. Uh, that would be my message to whoever the new GM is. Let the kids ride. Don't bring back Trevor Lewis. Mm-hmm. Don't bring back Milan Lucic. Don't bring back Nick Ritchie, who for some reason Daryl wanted him in the shootout with the season on the line. But yeah, sure, why not? The biggest don't, I'm not him moment in NHL history. Yeah. And like I guess real <laughs> quick, don't bring back any of Daryl's boys. Force him to change. If he doesn't, if he's gonna continuously play Nick Ritchie, Trevor Lewis. Milan Lucic, all these guys over Coronado, Zeri, Pelche, Razichka, whoever it is, you force him to change. You take away his toys. Because Dubis did that with Babcock, right? Yeah. Like there was yeah, a he point where he took away all of his toys. He just got rid of them. He's like, nope, they're not going to be options, right? So I think you just have to be like, nope, like I'm not bringing back Trevor. I'm not bringing back Lucic. It's just that's what we're doing. And you're gonna and you're gonna play the kids. And you're going to play a more optimal lineup. We'll see. We got all offseason. It'll be it'll be interesting. Um, so yeah, let's uh let's move on to you guys. Let's uh, let's go to let's go to game one. All right, now transitioning from uh the Calgary Flames to the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Tampa Bay Lightning in game one of the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs for them. Tom, I know we have a lot of thoughts on this. Why don't you just get right going and started with uh, what you thought about last night's uh, abysmal start to the series? Well, nobody in that building was happy last night. I liked actually all the like depressed Leaf fans because, like, sure you could lose a game seven, or you could lose a game like New Jersey, New Jersey, or Vegas got blown out, whatever. But like, nobody looked as depressed as Leaf fans. And I think that's, I mean, it, it is game one. Like, I said it last night, and Russo reiterated it today. The Lightning got blown out 5 nothing in the first game. And what happened? They won the series. And I think, like, hey, we don't know. We don't know about Hedman. We don't know about Chernak. They could be both out. And then, like, Nick Perbix, a dude who sounds like a grocery store, might be their one, def- their number one defenseman. I love right Nick Perbix. Like, who is he? I'm not thought, gonna lie. I didn't know who he was until I went to Tampa to for our trip, and I was like, "Who the fuck is Prebix?" I, like, I thought oh, Radish was a forward. <laughs> no, that's a different. T- that's a different Radish. He's the one like, that got traded to Chicago for Hagel. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's his brother. I think it's Darren Radish. I'm pretty yeah, sure it's his brother. Yeah. <laughs> Their right side is non-existent. It's genuine. It's, to be <laughs> fair, though. Guys? To be fair, it's always been like that for Tampa. Where yeah, it's like their left side has always been Hedman, Sergachev yeah. used to be McDonough, and then their right side would be like, who the fuck are you and you and you? I remember it was like Luke Shen. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, like that game was probably about as bad of a game as you could have had happen to you. Um, it was embarrassed. Embarrassing. Uh, I think everybody in that Leafs locker room should that is another game seven type of loss in terms of how embarrassing that is. You can't, you cannot come out after everything that's happened the last five, seven years 
you cannot have that type of performance in game one where everybody was all in on the team. Right. That's just... People paid $300 to stand with an obstructed view for that game. Anything in the lower bowl costed five grand Mm. or more. You're on the glass, it's upwards of 15, 20. You can't, cannot have that performance. And, like, hey, they're going to be without bunting for game two. He's getting a suspension. Absolutely. Um, I would just, but I see it though. Like, I see they could beat Tampa. They got, uh, Tampa Bay had, a lot of really lucky breaks. They scored with three sections left. They scored with point oh oh one left. And like there was times if you get around like the first ten minutes of the game and Tampa Bay gets two quick ones and it gets out of hand and if you take away sort of like that emotional factor of it and you take away most of the penalties, which on both sides were god awful calls. <laughs> Luke Shen got a cross-checking penalty for one hand on the stick, which like yeah. it literally is not even the rule of cross-checking. <laughs> you, that is not the that is a horrible call. Uh, if you take away a lot of that, and when the game got out of hand, there were moments where the Leafs were in it, and the Leafs were the better team or had the capability to be the better team, but it just wasn't. It just never came to fruition and. Bunting took the dumb penalty, which really just it really just killed them. Uh there was the goal that wasn't actually a goal. Uh yeah. Everything went wrong for the Leafs in that game. And man, it's hard to see them coming back from this, but like this stupid team is gonna go out and win this series. I still think they are. Especially if Headman and Chernak are out. Like, I, the stupid team is going to do it. I don't know how. I don't know why I believe that, but I think they will. So, Thomas? Yeah, it's just disappointing, obviously, to start a series like that. Um, if there's a game to pick to start a series like that, or any game in the series, you have the shit game, it's probably game one I'd pick, right? Like, it's. Yeah, do, yeah get it out of the way early. Whatever. Yeah. But just a horrible start. Like they just look slow out of the gate. Everyone looked slow, didn't have anything. The defensive zone coverage was abysmal for a team that is supposed to be better defensively than Tampa Bay. Uh, that was just really bad defensive zone coverage, costly mistakes, penalties on both sides to both teams, like you mentioned, Tom, just abysmal. I think how many power plays were in the second period? At least six for both, like including both teams, and they were. Weak calls, to say the least. The Michael Bunting one was absolutely stupid. Like, I, I don't understand what he's trying to do there. Um, he catches the head completely, and I agree with the call five minutes and probably now, a one-game suspension. Now, can I can I interject on that? Sure. Can we go down this? So, what was the score of the game at that point? It was 4-2, right? 3-2, 4-2? Something. It, within reach, and the Leafs had momentum. I remember okay. that. Yes, yeah. And you go out and do that, and Michael, you are going to go serve that suspension, and you are never going to be on the top line again. I'm sorry. It's Kelly Yarn Croaks forever. Uh, but man, like, the refs lost that game. Uh, in terms of control over it, neither team was happy with the calls. And we saw it 
where Tampa Bay went to bunting after every whistle and just pushed him around. And not in a like malicious way. I don't want a penalty on that by Tampa. It's playoff hockey. The issue is he can't push back because he gets a penalty. Mm-hmm. Because openly and bunting, it's kind of your own fault. Shut your mouth. But openly, the refs do not like Michael Bunting. Openly. And it's, it, it is literally unfair to him. Now, then the refs, they let him get pushed around. He keeps his mouth going. And he goes out and does something stupid because he had to let his frustration out somehow. Now, like, that's a bad way to vent your frustration. But you have kind of no other choice other than, I mean, like, hey, lay a clean hit, Mm -hmm. do something clean, but he can't get rid of his anger in any other way or else it's a penalty. He can't go into a scrum after a game or after a whistle. He can't do any of that because he will go to the box. And if I'm Tampa, I'm not happy that the refs let Michael Bunting go do that. Mm -hmm. Because you should know like, hey, this is the type of player that might go do something. (laughs) Yeah. Like a cadre. Yeah. And it literally hurt somebody. Cernak has a concussion. Yeah, for sure. He might not. He's probably not in game two. Like the way he went down, I don't know. He has a concussion. And if I'm Tampa Bay, man, that's not okay. The refs lost control of the game. They lost control of Michael Bunting and somebody got hurt. That's not okay on the NHL's part. That's not okay on Wes McCauley and whoever the other ref is. And we can yell at them all, all game. But like, I'm on Tampa's side of this of like, call the fucking game correctly. Mm-hmm. Somebody got hurt. Somebody got hurt like, because the refs were inept at their job. I feel like we say this all the damn time. It's like, I don't care if it's the playoffs, call the game the way the game should be called. Mm-hmm. And like, and, and if Tom's sitting here saying that, yeah, Tampa got fucked over a few times. Then, <laughs> I mean, they did. They, then, then, yeah, like they lost control. Like it happened. It happens every year. Well, like Colorado, St. Louis last year, like the whole Cadre Bennington mm. thing. Like, yeah, like it got out of control. Like guys were just running Cadre all game, and the refs were like, "Oh, it's fine." Or like just call bunting fairly, like every other player. That's all you have to do. Don't make the guy feel like he's alienated by the league since November. Yeah, I just, I think when it comes to that, it's like, I just think Bunting, like, he's just kind of disrespected them the way he dives and complains. And like, yeah, like, they shouldn't be able to get him at that point. But I, I, but I, but I could at least, I can at least understand why refs feel that way about him, but they can't make their calls based on that. Mm -hmm. They have to call a fair. We saw it all year of like, He'll take a slash to the hands. He'll take a ragdoll hit. And if it's not Michael Bunting on the other end of that, it's a penalty. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yeah. But, yeah, sometimes. But because but it isn't is. he isn't he, like, tops of the league since last year in penalties? It was dropping? last year. Wasn't he second or first in the well, league? Well, no, in but, penalties? like, even to this year. I'm pretty sure until, between, between until this it year. Got out, until it got out in, like, November, December. 
it, the same thing happened with Kadri, uh when he was here. Until it got out, uh, Bunting was first in the league in drawn calls. <laughs> he still is, by the he way. He still is. However, the difference is penalty uh, differential on that too, where yes, he will get uh, he will draw a call, but also he's going to the box. Mm. It was like every game he puts the Leafs on the power play for it's like 55 seconds. Since December, it's like 13. And it's the same thing with the Flames when Weidman hit the ref. For a whole year, the refs hated the Flames. They still do. They still do. Go back to Blake Coleman game five last year. That was a fucking goal. Like, you can't. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's like, even like, it's it's the same same thing thing. even with, uh, it's the same thing even with Matthew Kachuk. Like, when he was a kid, like, the refs fucking hated him. It was like, they were calling him on everything. And yeah, given like, he, uh, again, he was, I think, at the time, league leader in penalties drawn, but I think his rookie year, he had like over 100 penalty minutes because he was just being a dick. Like Thomas, we were at that game when he speared Matt Martin from the bench, and like yeah, no we one didn't saw see it. it. No yeah. one saw it, but like we knew eventually something was going to happen. And like, yeah, I just the thing is, it's like, and I talked about this with somebody at work. It's like, it's like the argument of like Brad Marchand. It's like when Marsh, like Marshy, was always kind of like a like a dirty kind of gr- like rat kind of player, but when he got really good, it wasn't until he was almost thirty. So he was good, but also a rat. And it's like, you couldn't change the way he was. Cause that's the, like at 30 years old, you really think Brad Marchand is going to change. No. And it was like, I had the argument. It's like, well, when Kachuk was doing all his stupid shit, he was a kid. He was 19. So the flames kind of gave him a peepee whack and they were like, Hey, like relax. And he's been pretty good ever since then. It's a little bit different with bunting. Cause he's kind of right in the middle. What is he? 27. Yeah, I think he's 26, 27. Hey, like, hey, this is his sophomore season. Like, you can still change him, I guess, but it's going to be whoever he's playing for next year that's going to have to. That, like, if the Leafs lose a series, that very well could have been Michael Bunting's last game. Like, depending on how long the suspension yeah, is, it was oh, a bad hit. It'll be that's one like, game. That's Kadri esque bad. It'll be one when, game. Which, yeah, I mean, if it's playoffs, yeah, you're probably looking at one game. If it's more than one, Yikes! Hello, Matthew Nice. <laughs> yeah. Matthew nice. Well, hey, hello, eleven forward seventy. But... <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Do not go to that. Well, like, why did they play? Why didn't they play Lilligren yesterday? No clue. No clue. Like, like is Luke yeah. Shen or Justin Hall really the better player there? Yeah, I don't know. They Lilligren kind of played himself out of the lineup once. Like come Sandy. on, but no, Justin Hall. No, come, come on. on now. Yeah. Hall is brutal. Night, Hall though. is brutal. Shen is brutal. Like, I mean, I understand you want a little bit of physicality, but fuck. Like both I those will guys say, suck. Like, yo, thank God Jake McCabe exists. And and Luke Shen, even to that matter, like keep Luke Shen in the lineup. I'm actually okay with 7D. Just make Luke Shen the 7D and play him for four minutes and he'll go kill somebody. But anyway, no, like just to uh, sorry, go ahead. Like just to close up on bunting. Like, man, if I'm Tampa and if I'm 
Dubas, like you gotta call the league and you just gotta go. That's not okay. On and for both sides, like somebody got hurt. That's unfortunate because for literally no other reason than the refs are inept at their job. Uh, and like, hey, he'll lose his spot. Kylie Arncroke top line scored, and you know what? Like when that game got out of hand. Uh, I saw like other games. I mean, people still hit. People still finish their checks. Yeah, it was and when game. that game got out of hand, nobody did. On kind of either side, Tampa Bay finished them more than the Leafs did. But like once it was seven three, the only person trying to hit anybody was Luke Shen. Mm-hmm. Like, man, no, go take a number, go kill somebody. It's the playoffs. You have six more games of this, likely. Yeah. So, what were you gonna say before? No, I was gonna say, ask what your thoughts on all this was, and no, it was just stupid. Like, like, come on, man! Like, what are you, what are you doing to a defenseman? And I think it started before because I think Chernak got, I thought one of the weakest calls I've ever seen in playoff history. He just hit Michael Bunting down on an icing, and they called yeah. a penalty on yep. it. Like, and they scored bad. from it. Like, <laughs> on both Tampa's penalties, weak calls. Like, they scored on both of them. It was like. All right, it's gonna be this kind of night. And obviously, Tampa finished with eight power plays, four power play goals. It just like it, again it goes back to the D zone coverage as well. Like they're terrible. Like you can't yeah. allow four power play goals in a game, a playoff game for that matter. There was well. the it was right after Jake McCabe hit Essiamont. Yeah. Um, and with, with that giant hit, mm-hmm. whoever the I think it was a forward that came back and covered on the. Tampa player who got the puck off Essiamont took like the lightest slash I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, that was bad. And they called it. And I don't know, was that just a like a half makeup call of well, we have two questionable things? Yeah, they they got to stop doing that. Like, come on, no was... makeup calls. Man, this series, it's game one. And you know what the funny thing is? Like, it's overreaction on both sides. If the Leafs win, it's they're going for the cup. If they yeah. lose, it's a disaster. The whole house is burning down. It's, it's, that's it's what it the, is. The world, the world is ending. Yeah, that's what it is. Like either way, either way it goes, that's that reaction from Leaf fans. And you know, it's we've seen this story before, Tom. Every Leaf fan has seen this story before. Like you can't start a series like that. So like it's just unacceptable. And you know, Sam Sonoff, <laughs> it's a little tad worrisome. Because uh, he lends seven goals on home ice, which he's usually good in. Six. And six. Um, what? Joseph Wool and one. Wool got in. Yeah. Sorry, six goals. Still bad. Um, still bad. Still bad <laughs> save percentage. But the four, the both forward caps goalies were no good last night. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov. Both of them at one point had three goals against on 15 shots. Yes. Yeah. Bad. yeah. So that, that's got to get no better. Good. He's going to go back in cage for game two. But I'm worried. A little bit because they might Matt right, uh, rush Matt Murray back, which is uh, the stupidest thing they could probably ever do. But uh, you know what's coming. So, hey, Matt Murray's one of the career playoff leaders in save percentage. So, if he plays, yeah, sure. Yeah, if he plays, no, I don't. This he hasn't will be a playoff game in a while, though. Yeah, thanks, Ottawa. Uh, game two will be interesting because if everything we've thought that the Leafs have changed over the last year right the like the mental toughness the ability to bounce back uh the ability to not get in their own heads if we think that that has changed game two will be a win 
and that'll probably change the way the series goes. Mm-hmm. Um, if if they come out and just it's not there again, we're, it's over. I think game yeah, two will you, be the most interesting game they have this series. You absolutely cannot go down 0-2 to Tampa. No matter if Hedman no. and Cernak aren't there, you absolutely cannot go back to Tampa where they play they play extremely well at home. Yeah. You you Both can't you have do. to you have to at minimum you have to um what's the word I'm looking for? Uh you have to split. At minimum here, like you, you cannot go down O two, or else you've got to you've got to take four of the next six, <laughs> or four of the next five, whatever it is, right? Yeah. So they're 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 look, they haven't put themselves in a spot yet. Look, we we all know Tampa was down O one last year after the Leafs thrashed them and ended up winning the series. Like, there's still lots of series left, and I think people again they're overreacting. I even think Edmonton fans are overreacting to how their game finished. Yeah, they should see how been. much yeah, they, they were throwing like, shit on the ice. It's like, guys, it's one game. Like it's it, it, like if this happens again tomorrow, okay, maybe it's a little bit of time to panic. Um, but at least like I think a positive you can take out of last night is like Matthews was really good. Nylander scored a goal. He had a big game. And Marner um, looked fine too. Marner looked three like Marner was good. Yeah, like Marner was really good. No, like, he wasn't. The, That's the thing. Like, he wasn't. Like, he was not he had, like, good. All, he had quite all three. The, but but all the big boys like showed up, right? Not really. Like I thought Matthews had a really good game. I thought Matthews, Matthews was okay. Matthews and Nylander were good. I will say the one, and I said it, I said it a month ago. If Marner plays the way he plays in like the big regular season games like against Boston and he comes out of that with no points. Nothing's changed on him. I don't care if you put up 100 points. Nothing's changed. The playoff scoring has dried up. He he had three points. I didn't see it. Same. I didn't see it. He, it wasn't yeah, playoff I hockey. Mean, yeah, I mean, it's just I like I said it on Sunday. It was like you know the big boys for Tampa are coming. Who's driving three points? I think the point of three points last night. He had two yeah, goals. Two power play goals, yeah. Stamkos, I think, had a couple points. Like their fourth line, the I think, boy- had a couple points too. Yeah, Bel- yeah, Belmar scored in the first like mm-hmm. like whatever ninety seconds, whatever Perry it was. Yeah, scored. like yeah, like you know the big boys for Tampa are going to be there. And like, hey, you got three by Vasilevsky last night. I don't know how many more times you're going to do that. He looked series. good for getting. Yeah, he did. He did again, and if he's better, like, how many more times are you going to get three on him, right? Like, yeah, like, sure, if they're out Hedman and Chernak, it's a massive loss, but like, you still got the yeah. big cat and Vasilevsky back there, like, and we've seen before how good he gets in in the big moments, right? Like, we know how good he is, right? So, man, you need Samsonov to. I'm not saying Samsonov has to outplay Vasilevsky because he doesn't. You just need him to keep you in games, and he didn't do that last night. That's the other issue. No, but the, that's the whole thing with the Leafs of like the reason anybody's good in the net is because they play such a cohesive game in their own end, and that wasn't there. That wasn't there. I thought you can't let Corey Perry skate circles around you. Yeah, like I love Geo, but I thought he had a. From what I mm-hmm. saw, it looked like he yeah. had a tough, tough night yeah. last night. So we'll see. I mean, I think it, there's still there's still a lot of series left, and tomorrow will be interesting for them. Uh, like I said, can't go down 0-2.
You can't. Winner on Thursday wins the series. I'll say that right now. Guess we'll find out. Uh, do we want to quickly touch on anything interesting that happened the last couple nights? Seattle, I think, is a big one. Yeah. Seattle was awesome. the Kraken. Yeah. Uh, I thought they had a really good game last night. Seattle, right? Yeah, they yeah, did they a played really very good, good yeah. job at limiting yeah. the big boys for Colorado. Yeah. Like, given McKinnon had some opportunities, but, like, man, they did a really good job of just, like, making sure that they weren't getting enough. Like, I, I thought – like, I think McCarr was a little frustrated last night because he was trying to make things happen all night. And, like, he was just never able to get into a groove. And, like, Seattle, like, they've, like, they've got four, like, they don't, like, they don't have a true superstar in that team. Four lines. They got, they got four lines that can kill you. Right. And you saw Ily Tolvanen, one in of the, the best playoffs, waiver pickups hard, of all man. time. Yep. Ily Tolvanen, one of the best waiver pickups of all time. Don't know how he made it as far as to Seattle as he did. Um, was great. Like, York Strand was a great pickup. I don't, I don't, I don't think he scored last night, but love him as a player. And Grubauer was great, good last night. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on that game? Because I thought that was probably the most interesting one that happened last night. That series is going to be a lot longer than any of us expected. To me, yeah, yeah, yeah that's games. true. That's true. <laughs> Man, Another yeah. series I thought was pretty good. Dallas versus Minnesota. That was a good yes, game. Went to what, a game. Overtime. what a game. Man. Um, the Matt Dumba situation. That was tough for Pawalski to see. But uh, I thought yeah. Dallas outplayed them to shit in the third period, first overtime. Gustafson, man. Yeah. Even Ottinger was great. Yeah. Like I was getting PTSD on uh, <laughs> yeah. on, on yeah. Monday night watching Jake Ottinger. I'm like, fuck. Like, yeah, Minnesota, have fun. Like they won game one, but like, yeah, have, have fun with uh, playoff Otter. Like, good luck. Um, but it, I found it kind of funny that the night Philip Gustafson made like 40 some saves was the same day that Pierre Dorian said Cam Talbot isn't returning. <laughs> Which you know who really needs a goalie? The Ottawa Senators. The Ottawa Senators. Man. <laughs> but like uh, I mean at the time Yes, at the time it meant yes, it was a I good could deal. kind of understand it because they had Sogard and Forsberg. But also, like, why would you trade Gustafson? He's only, like, 24. It was the thing of, like, we think we're going to be better than we were or better than we actually are, quicker than we actually right, will right. be. Yeah. Given I don't and know if anyone thought Philip Gustafson would be this good. No, not even no. Starting game one of the playoffs? Like, yeah. it was funny. I was, uh, I was talking to someone at work, and they were, like, they were, they were saying, like, yeah, it was obviously the right move to start Gustafson, but it was, like, he was like, man, it wouldn't have even surprised me if they had started Flurry. No, yeah, exactly. Which, uh, I mean, he's a probably a good influence to have back there. Guys won three. So, no, that was a really good game. Ryan Hartman was, well, I, I think he got hurt, but I think he's going to be okay, hopefully. Scored the game winner on Scored a the game winner. leg. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, that was a, that, I think that's going to be a really entertaining series. I, I really, really do. I think those are two teams that, like especially without Pavelski, like man, that sucks. Because Pavelski is so goddamn good, but they're they're all have other they all have other guys step up. Um, yeah, yeah like, they... even to I will say with ESPN and like that series in particular, because we know it'll be a tight, low scoring overtime game. Man, don't push, don't they push the starts back? I know twenty minutes each time. No, it end. Yeah, roughly, because they kind of go like, well, this game will end at X time. And like, even last night, the Avalanche Kraken game got pushed because of the Leafs game. Yep. 
who wanted to watch the last five minutes of that Leafs game? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Just start the Kraken game and go to it. Right. Like the Dallas Minnesota game ended at two. Ended at two a.m. Eastern, which like is past one so central, late. but like that's late. Yeah. You saw it in the building. People had to go home because, like, you know, <laughs> uh, work. I love that. Yeah, so literally. People have right? work. Or if you're Dallas, people take the the light rail that they have. You gotta, you gotta be able to get people home. And right. after, it's like a what was it the Capitals had a really late, uh, overtime game. It went like three OTs or something. And at one point, they're like, guys, if you took the metro, you have to go now because it closes in like, <laughs> 20 minutes. It's like, oh, okay. So then people just left. Yeah. Left the building. You yep. can't, you couldn't watch the end of your game. I'm just like, man. But, oh, I didn't think this round one would be particularly good. And I don't know. So far through one game for everybody, it's been pretty good. Tight hockey for sure. Tight for hockey. Sure. Or the blowouts were unexpected. Yes, yeah. Would not have expected Tampa and the Jets. Mm-hmm. Even the Rangers didn't expect yeah. that game one to go the way it did. No, no. And, uh, man, even Carolina and the Islanders, people thought that'd be boring hockey. It was pretty fun. I it was a good the, game. I still think the Hurricanes are going to run them over. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the Islanders, I guess Sorokin is unbelievable, but when the whole team, when at least the skaters are so lopsided in, in terms of how much better the Carolina skaters are, it's. I mean, it could be a case of like last year, Flame Stars, where the Flames were very clearly the better team, and Ottinger was unbelievable. Like Sorokin can do the same, but like we know how that ultimately ended. Calgary beat Dallas, so I think mm-hmm. like it could go the distance, but I just I don't see a way in which like the Islanders don't have a first line Dallas did. No, which no. is why like I, I, that's why I'm like yeah, I think Carolina's going to kill them. And I'm sorry to the Islanders, but guys, remember Pierre Engvall doesn't have a playoff point in 19 <laughs> career games now, and he is on your second line. So yeah, and even the the Florida Boston series, I thought it was a good game one. And it's funny that Boston didn't have Bergeron. And he's unlikely for tonight too. Oh yeah, we didn't um, even touch on that. And, and I think, I, and I still think the Bruins are going to kill them, <laughs> even without Bergeron. I don't uh, know. They, look, they they looked like they they picked right up where they left off. And I know they didn't have the greatest game one, but like if you not playing a great game one and you didn't have Bergeron and you still won three one and you had and how many. Ten dollars did Alex Lyon have to make? Yeah, holy like, shit! That dude. game but easily could have been also, five six one. The two one goal should not have gone in. No, it should not have. Very not. <laughs> like that no. one on his path. Very. It was no, the it was like one Marchand shot from like, the boards. Yeah. yeah. But like again, but Lyon made like at least five or six ten dollars. That game could have been six seven one. Easily. It'll. That'll be a another interesting game tonight. I'm like Boston. It sounds like they all have was it norovirus? Like that can, yeah. that that doesn't that doesn't sound fun, but well, it was like Swayman or not Swayman. Olmark was questionable when he played, and he had a really good game. Yeah, like, he's hurt and sick. Like, oh man, just so no, I think that series will be good. Obviously, the Jets won last night. Uh, the Kings Oilers. 
Ben. Go Kings. McDavid, yeah, what a playoff Bill start. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, Connor McDavid and Jonathan Huberto have the same amount of points this postseason. You know what? <laughs> Shut up. Just saying. And people say Huberto sucks. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, you wait. You wait. Let's see what you're talking about. After <laughs> McDavid has a five point night tonight. It's like over under 3.5 tonight, boys. Under. Bro, McDavid points? I don't know. Copadar at four. <laughs> Yeah. McDavid over Edmonton wins six two. McDavid has all six points. <laughs> Fuck, because you know you know what's happening, right? Every like, yeah. I swear to God, every time because this is this is only the eighth time this season McDavid's gone pointless. You absolutely, I know eight and eighty three games. How fucking stupid is that? But you absolutely know he's he's hearing a lot at zero points. He's going to go out and have like six points. Yeah, yeah. Man, the, the Kings way, are the, the Kings are a team to shut them down, though. But I will say, when that Oilers building gets going, man, that's a tough crowd to play yeah. against. Well, they're they're not only loud, but they're abusive. Yes, as you saw yes. with the beer cans. Like, but like, come on, game one, and you're throwing beer cans like that, and it was a trip. You no, know? like it was. I thought it, it was, was a trip. trip. The refing in that game was good. God, I fucking hate Oiler fans, man. They're Everybody so thought fucking they, delusional. All of them. They were mad at the high stick that was like four feet higher than the. No, head. they weren't mad about the high stick. They were mad the about the fact right that. After. No, no, no. They were mad about the fact that Velarde was like bear hugging Derek uh, Ryan while he had the high stick. But I'm like, still that's high stick. The yeah, that doesn't. How'd you get your stick up there, though? Clearly, you had know, control. Like I, like, like I don't like mostly fans, but Oiler fans are a different fucking breed of stupid. In my opinion, Oilers fans are the worst, and then the Leafs fans are right after, and then and the you know, fans you know, right after. You know what fans are are up there, and I found to be really unbearable this year, Winnipeg. Fuck. Yes. So it's just a Winnipeg Canadian Jets thing, fans, then, right? Yeah, I guess people will probably say Flames fans are the worst too, which I can kind of understand. Oh uh, um, no, you guys are okay. You guys Ottawa are fans, there's just not many of them. Yeah, Ottawa, <laughs> yeah nobody uh, cares. Sorry, them. Connor. Sorry, Connor. I, I appreciate you. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's yeah, playoffs like amplify it though. I I met some people at work yesterday from Boston, and they were like, "Yeah, we hate Leaf fans." Oh, nice. Thanks. And I was like, "Yeah, thanks for thinking too. about us. I didn't think you would." <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty funny. So I don't know. You guys have anything quickly left to add before we? end today's episode that's it no i just don't want to be sad anymore make this quick or win the series i feel like you say that every year what would okay before we sign off what would you like if okay if the Leafs lose would you rather them be swept or would you rather them lose in seven seven five <laughs> that <laughs> wasn't an option tom Dude, a sweep would be organizational teardown. Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. It, it's happening if they lose anyway, so just get it out of the way. Yes, quicker. okay, true. Yeah, just get it out of the way quicker. Save me the three games. <laughs> Less memes that way, actually. Less memes. I there's think gonna be memes goes... either way. If they lose again in seven, there's gonna be memes. Yeah, but you can't do the like, how they lost in the seven or in game seven six years in a row because no, we got swept this year. True, but they didn't lose in game seven in Columbus. Shut up! That it, even for all play. intensive purposes, it was, it was a game seven. It was a game seven. For all intensive purposes, it was if, a game seven. If that counts as Pittsburgh making the playoffs, that counts as game seven. Yeah, I don't understand how they're like. Oh yeah, Pittsburgh sixteen-year drought. 
They didn't make the playoffs in 2020, and neither did Toronto. Yeah. Neither did Edmonton, but Montreal and Chicago made it when they were like 20th in the league. I will like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh gets a pass because they openly had they had games at like noon and were at the bar until 7 a.m. Like they, we know they did not care. Them and the Capitals. Man, the bubble. What 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 a time that was! I can't wait to look back at that like 20 years from now. We started a podcast not too after. Yeah, yeah, like remember when we played hockey in August and there were no fans? Good times. Let's not do that. And it was held in Edmonton. Hey, more sun up more north sun. Yeah. yeah anyway uh that is gonna do it for this one as always you can follow us on instagram and twitter at the burning leaf pod the playoffs are alive and well some of us are happy some of them aren't uh we will see you guys in the next one